Well, our first reading this morning is from Psalm 80, starting at verse 1. Um, and you can find that in the Bibles in your pews, but also on the screen. To the leader on lilies, a covenant, and Asaph, a psalm. Give ear, O shepherd of Israel, you who lead Joseph like a flock. You who are enthroned upon the cherubim, shine forth before Ephraim and Benjamin and Manasseh. Stir up your might and come to save us. Restore us, O God, let your face shine that we may be saved. O Lord God of hosts, how long will you be angry with your people's prayers? You have fed them with the bread of tears and given them tears to drink in full measure. You make us the scorn of our neighbors. Our enemies laugh among themselves. Restore us, O God of hosts. Let your face shine that we may be saved. And from verse 16. They have burned it with fire. They have cut it down. May they perish at the rebuke of your countenance. But let your hand be upon the one at your right hand, the one whom you made strong for yourself. Then we will never turn back from you. Give us life and we will call on your name. And then our next reading is from Matthew chapter 1. Uh, starting at verse 18. Now the birth of Jesus, the Messiah, took place in this way. When his mother Mary had been engaged to Joseph, but before they lived together, she was found to be with child from the Holy Spirit. Her husband Joseph, being a righteous man and unwilling to expose her to public disgrace, planned to dismiss her quietly. But just when he had resolved to do this, an angel of the Lord appeared to him in a dream and said, Joseph, son of David, do not be afraid to take Mary as your wife, for the child conceived in her is from the Holy Spirit. She will bear a son, and you are to name him Jesus, for he will save his people from their sins. All this took place to fulfill what had been spoken by the Lord through the prophet. Look, the virgin shall conceive and bear a son, and they shall name him Emmanuel, which means God is with us. When Joseph awoke from his sleep, he did as the angel of the Lord commanded him. He took her as his wife, but had no marital relations with her until she had borne a son, and he named him Jesus. This is the word of the Lord. Thanks, Thanks be to God. Uh, th this morning, uh, we're looking at these passages and, and thinking on the theme of peace. I wonder if you can fin finish this sentence for me with the, the person uh, next to you or the people next to you. I just want... Dot, dot, dot. Go. I just want...
Anyone want to finish the sentence for us out loud? I just want a clean house. I just want peace. The world to not be in conflict. Good relationships, yes. I just want things to be the way they are meant to be. We often have a picture in our head of how things should look, uh, what things should look like, what is true, uh, the way things should be. I just want things to be how they are meant to be. And when we're having this thought of how things are meant to be and what they should look like, uh, we're often looking for peace. A sense of contentment that life is the way that it's meant to be. Uh, that my world is working the way it's meant to work. I, I just want this. And we have that, that longing, that, that desire, because we live in a world where things aren't always, uh, and when they are, they're for a moment, just the way we want them. I just want this. Well, what's the, the, the cry that echoes in your heart? Uh, we're, we're looking for a sense uh, of the beyond us, Something has to come. Uh, and as Christians, we look to God for peace, uh, knowing he is the peace giver. Now, we, we turn to Psalm 80, and if you didn't turn to it before, I'd love you to turn to it now. Uh, Psalm 80, you can find on about page eight, 470. Now, Psalm 80 has a number of cries uh, that you will uh, see in here. Uh, cries from the people, and I, I think as you read through and we step through this psalm, you'll identify with some of the cries that, that they offer and the, the feelings maybe they might feel. Uh, it starts off, verse 1, Give ear, O shepherd of Israel, you who lead Joseph like a flock, you who are enthroned upon the cherubim, shine forth, stir up your might and come to save us. Uh, the, the cry of verses 1 and 2 is, is, hear us, God. Stir up your might is, come awake, God. Uh, the, the psalmist is saying, this is who you are, God. Do you, have you forgotten? We are not living in a place where we are feeling blessed as a people. Have you forgotten who you are? Because we know who we are and we're not experiencing what you're meant to give us. That's what the psalmist is crying out. Hear us, God. Unsure whether God has heard the many pleas and prayers before. Uh, the, the next cry we, we see is, and we see it a few times through this psalm, restore us, O God. That is, we know what it looked like to prosper. We've heard of the times when we as a people prospered. Restore us to a place of prospering like we did back then. Let your face shine that we may be saved. And so the understanding of their theology is uh, when uh, they were experiencing good times, the, the face of God was shining on them. The, the light of God was penetrating their lives and bringing blessing to every part of it. Uh, when they weren't experiencing blessing in life or prosperity in their work, uh, they were, would think that God's face is not shining on us when the enemies were on top of them god's face is not shining on us and so they're saying restore us god save us from the circumstances we're in we just want peace 
The, the next cry is, well, well, how long, God? It's been a while, God. We, we've been praying this prayer a little bit. Uh, it's been a while, how long? You fed us with the, the bread of suffering. Uh, how long uh, do you feed us with some better food? You fed us with the, the or quenched our thirst uh, with uh, the drink of suffering. We've had tears to full measure. How long? I think we all understand that cry. It's, uh, God, will you do what I think that you want to do? Will you answer this cry for more than I have right now? How long? Then restore us. This refrain again, restore us, O God of hosts, the God who is the one above uh, all angels. Let your face shine. Uh, they, can, they continue to cry. Verse 14, it wasn't in our reading. Uh, Turn again, O God of hosts. What, what do you see here? That they aren't experiencing blessings. They believe that God is turned away from them. He's not casting eyes. So you need to pray louder. If, if your prayers aren't getting answered, does praying louder uh, mean that's going to happen? Well, this is the, the theology that, you come, that comes through in the psalm. Uh, Turn again, O God. Look down from heaven and see. Have regard for this vine. Have you forgotten? Are you looking somewhere else because it doesn't feel like your face is shining and your eyes are looking on us? So the, the psalmist continues to cry out, return to us. Uh, verse 17 uh, is a cry for empowerment. But let your hand be upon the one at your right hand, the one whom you have made strong yourself. Uh, when the right hand of God is on something, it's a hand of authority and it's a hand of power. Uh, wherever his right hand rests, uh, that's where his will is accomplished. And, and so they're saying, empower us, strengthen us to fulfill what you've uh, called us to fulfill. Enable us to actually fight against our enemies. So the, the belief, if God's hand was only resting on them, then they would be strong no matter how strong their enemy appeared in their face uh, then revive us verse 18 or revive us then we will not turn back from you give us life and we will call on your name now the, the psalmist is remembering actually the, the big problem for Israel and so this is who it's speaking uh, Israel uh, back in in the day was they continually turned away from God and they're saying God this time if you make us better we're not going to turn away again. Make us well again. We, we won't turn away. Uh, we all know how that goes. Uh, but then they <laughs> cry out again, restore us. Restore us. And so you have a, a picture of the way the psalmist perceives the world works, the way that God works. And so it raises for us this, this big question, and it's a big question I think all of us ask, no matter what we believe, <laughs> If our circumstances do not, look, do not look blessed, has God turned away? Uh, there was last weekend, there was a carols in McClay Park for North Bourbon, and the, the carols had Saturday night, if you remember, was great weather, uh, and they had a great time, and they sang carols, and they said, you know, God has really blessed us with good weather. The next night, uh, Hamish and I were planning on going down to... Uh, the Canterbury Carols in, in Canterbury Gardens, uh, just to check it out. 
and it got shifted inside the Baptist church because the, the weather was <laughs> not particularly great and we didn't end up going because we didn't want to get trapped in a church for <laughs> an hour. And, and I've heard since that other people made a similar decision. So was the carols in North Borland blessed by God and did God's face not turn towards the carols in Canterbury? Is that what's happened? Uh, that's the theology that we're hearing in this psalm, that if God's face is not turned, you're not blessed. But that's, that's not a theology, really. That re I mean, that sounds to say it ridiculous, doesn't it? And yet, in many ways, we can live out that kind of theology in this world. If I do good things, if I do the right thing, uh, and I experience good things, God's face is shining upon me. When I'm not experiencing good things, why has God caused this to happen to me? Why, God? Why is life not looking the way it's meant to look? Have you turned your face away? Now, these are, this is a, a really good question to ask, and it's a good question to wrestle with and to have an answer for yourself. And it's helpful for you to know, I think, as a Christian, when you read the Psalms, they're not always teaching you good theology. What does that mean? They're not always teaching you what is true about God. They're teaching you what is true about the human experience, and so we can read it and we can identify it with it, but we're not always hearing the, the truth about the way the world works under God. Now, the people of Israel, well, God had most definitely turned his face away from them. He was very much aware of their circumstances and their cries. But we live in a different world. We live in a different world. Uh, but we still ask these questions as God turned away. Is redemption possible for me? If we find ourselves in a circumstance of our own choosing, or even the choosing of someone else, is God able to redeem us? Is God able to restore us to a place where it feels like his face is shining because the weather is good and things are working the way that we planned? Let's flip forward to uh, Matthew's Gospel. You can, you can find uh, we're on page 783. Uh, Joseph was afraid. He was really afraid. Because in the society that he lived in, it, it wasn't okay to have a baby outside of marriage. It just it wasn't something you did. And what were people going to say about him? What were people going to say about Mary? What pe were people going to do? Were they going to be cast out from the family that they were a part of because of what they'd done? Would God's face ever shine on them? And so Joseph is making plans uh, quietly uh, to divorce uh, Mary quietly. That, that is, when they're, they're engaged, they're, they're committed. They're as good as married. And Joseph is making plans to, to, to just leave quietly. And he doesn't want disgrace to fall on him. He doesn't want disgrace to fall on Mary. And an angel interrupts him uh, interrupts his dream and speaks to him these words. Joseph, son of David, do not be afraid. Uh, so we're in verse uh, 20. Do not be afraid to take Mary as your wife, for the child conceived in her is from the Holy Spirit. 
She will bear a son, and you are to name his, him Jesus, for he will save his people from their sins. So what's the angel saying? Don't, don't be afraid, Joseph. God has a plan. Don't be afraid of what people are going to think. God has a plan. Don't be afraid of what Mary has done. Actually, God has a plan, and this baby is from God. It's not some other guy that stepped in. It's not that anything else bad has happened. This is actually part of God's good plan. In fact, Joseph, what I want you to do is I want you to name him Jesus for verse 21. He will save his people from their sins. You remember the theology of Psalm 80. We've done the wrong thing. God, we know your face is not looking at us. Turn your face back to us. What's that? How's that dealt with? How are we living in a different time? That's because Jesus is the one who came to save us from our sins. Jesus is the one who came in order to redeem us. That uh, Jesus came, he lived the perfect life, he died on the cross for our sin. So Jesus died on the cross for all that would separate us from God. And, and so... Psalm 80, what they believed is their sin separated them from God and they pleaded for God to turn his face again. Because of Jesus, if we believe in Jesus, have faith, Jesus has dealt with our sins, so we can't have the same problem as them. But, I mean, a, a lot of the time, I, I think as Christians, we can end up with a similar theology as them. What have I done wrong because I'm not experiencing goodness in life. Why is God not blessing me? Have I done something wrong? But God has a plan. And his plan is Jesus. And we find in Jesus that all the promises of God are yes and amen. That is, for those who trust in Jesus, who is the same yesterday, today, and forever, all the promises of God are yes and amen. And so when we stand before God because of what Jesus has done in, in saving us from our wrongdoing, all that would separate us from God, because of Jesus we are able to stand before God clean, new, fresh, free from sin. So when we ask this question, uh, has God turned away in our circumstances, we know that he will never forsake us or abandon us. That Romans 8, there's nothing that can separate us from the love of God. So the answer to that question is, surely, no, God has not turned his face away. God has a plan in the middle of it. Isaiah 7.14 uh, is quoted in this passage. Uh, and we see it in verse uh, 23. The virgin will conceive and give birth to a son and they will call him Emmanuel, that is, God with us. Jesus says, behold, I'm with you to the end of the age. He's with us always. And so the psalmist has lots of cries. Hear us, restore us, how long, look at us, come awake, do what you do, uh, put your hand upon us. And we can identify with their circumstances, but we don't need to cry their cry. Uh, somehow believing that God is distant from us because he is God with us. And so that needs to challenge us when we look at this question. If our circumstances don't look blessed, has God turned away? 
And as Christians, we, we need to give a resounding no. Actually, even in the middle of suffering, in, even in the middle of difficulty, in, even in the middle of I just want this, God is with us. When we think about wanting restoration and redemption, when we think about our circumstances uh, being different, we need to remember that redemption is possible because of what he has done in Jesus. That God's will and desire is shown to us clearly through Jesus. He sent his son so that through the world, through him, the world will be saved from sin. Luke 19.10 says this, For the Son of Man came to seek out and to save the lost. When you're asking that question, where are you, God, in the middle of difficulty? Why are my circumstances the way they are? You can feel a little bit lost, a little like you don't know where to go, you don't know how to solve this problem you don't know how to move to a place of living in what you feel like god has designed you to live the place of peace and blessing and what we need to know is when we're in this place that actually god came to to seek and save us that is god came to restore us we don't know the timing and so we can identify with that cry how long but we don't need to cry out, hear us, God, because we know he hears us. We don't need to cry out, empower us, because we know that he empowers us by his spirit. We don't need to cry out, revive us, because we know that he's already doing that by his spirit. And so when we find ourselves in circumstances that are not ideal and Christmas isn't all ideal and life for all of us is not all ideal. We need to remember that through Jesus, redemption is possible. That through Jesus, God has a plan and the plan is bigger than our circumstances now. And that even in the middle of our circumstances now, God wants to bring us uh, peace by his spirit, comfort by his spirit. He wants to return us to joy he wants to restore us. And so when we look to God, we're, we're not pleading with him, somehow hoping that if we plead enough that he'll do it. We're looking to him in faith, trusting that he will fulfill his promises as they are yes and amen in Jesus. And he will do it in his time. And right now, what he wants to do is sustain us where we're at with what we need and set us free from that perspective that, we're not blessed because we've done something wrong. We're not blessed because God's faith doesn't shine on us. The weather's working out for them because God shines on them, but it's not working out for us because God's not shining on us. It's very easy as a Christian to get trapped in an Old Testament way of thinking, like the psalmist, instead of recognizing all that God has done for us in Jesus and how he's prepared good for us. In Advent, we, we remember that Jesus came. We, we celebrate his birth, but we also look forward to Jesus returning. And as we look forward to Jesus returning, it's because 
what we live in now is not all that is meant to be. And so if you experience in life that sense of it's not all it's meant to be, uh, this is not just what it's meant to be, that, that's an okay feeling. But how we resolve it is in faith that God is going to come again. He's going to make everything right in its time. And he's going to strengthen us as we walk out now with him. Uh, let me pray uh, for us to know that now. Thank you, Jesus, that, that you know our circumstances, that you understand our circumstances. I thank you that you um, meet us in the middle of challenge and that you offer us hope. Uh, we, we know that we fall short, uh, but we look to you as the one that never falls short. With that sentence that we, we shared at the start, uh, I just uh, want, uh, you might like to, in the silence, say a little prayer to God. Uh, Lord, I long for this. In the silence, just between you and God, I, Lord, I long for this. Lord God, we thank you that nothing is impossible for you. Thank you that you wired us for hope. Uh, thank you that you are able to restore faith and hope. Uh, we pray that you would uh, meet us in the challenges that, that we know. Uh, the, thank you that you know the feelings we have. And so, Lord, we pray that you would pour your Holy Spirit into us, that we would uh, know in the depth of our hearts and our souls your love. Uh, that we are treasured by you, that we are not abandoned by you, that we are cared for by you. And Lord, as you fill us with your spirit, establish peace in our minds and our hearts as we live in between uh, your coming and your coming again. Help us to uh, know your comforting presence. Uh, strengthen us you step forward help us to hold on to faith uh, Lord give us uh, the courage uh, to be your people and we pray this in Jesus' name Amen